Hi, everyone, and welcome to Fresh Food. I'm your host, Carlos. I'm here to give you insights and knowledge that you might not have considered about the food that you typically buy. The aim of this podcast is to help you learn more about the fresh produce that you see in your local grocery store and set you on the path to picking the best food that suits your needs. Today's episode is cherries. A cherry is a stone fruit. A stone fruit, also known as a droop, has an outer fleshy part surrounding a single shell with a seed inside. Uh, some other examples of droops are apricots, olives, loquats, peaches, nectarines, plums, mangoes, and pecans. Yes, a pecan is a stone fruit. Maybe I'll get to that in another episode. We're not really going to cover wild cherries, but a wild cherry could be any cherry species grown outside of cultivation. We're just going to talk about cultivated cherries. There are two types of cherries, sweet cherries and sour or tart cherries. Sweet cherries are large and colorful and are best eaten fresh. Sour cherries tend to be smaller and have a flesh that's softer. These cherries become best when cooked with sugar or honey. Cherries derive their name from the Turkish town of Karasus, where sweet cherries are thought to have originated and then imported to Europe. Um, some sources say that the town actually got their name from cherries instead of the other way around, but take the origin story with a grain of salt. The indigenous area of the sweet cherry extends through most of Europe, Western Asia, and parts of Northern Africa, and the fruit has been consumed since prehistoric times. It's thought that sweet cherries originated in the region between the Black and the Caspian Seas. Cherry domestication dates back well before recorded history. A cultivated cherry is recorded as having been brought to Rome in 72 BC. Sweet cherries were introduced to England by the order of King Henry VIII and eventually exported to North America in the early 17th century. When Europeans arrived with the cherries as we know today in the 1600s, several varieties were already present in North America, including black cherries and choke cherries. Choke cherries were widely consumed on the Great Plains, especially as a critical ingredient in pemmican. About 97% of all sweet cherries grown in the USA come from Washington, California, and Oregon, whereas most of the tart cherries come from Michigan. Traverse City, Michigan is called the cherry capital of the world, hosting a national cherry festival and making the world's largest cherry pie. In terms of worldwide cherry production in 2018, the U.S. is second with 447,000 metric tons, just behind Turkey, which produces 823,000 metric tons. Third is Ukraine, with 303 metric tons. All sweet cherry trees produce fruits that are of different shades of red, including cherries that are pure red, red with yellow, and an almost black fruit. When selecting cherries, look for firm, plump red cherries. Usually uh, they're shiny. You can tell they're plump and they're pretty heavy uh, with stems attached. Just avoid soft, shriveled, or blemished cherries. They've probably been around for a while and they may be old. 
If you want to store cherries, the best way to do it is to refrigerate them. Just put them in the fridge and you can probably get up to 10 days out of them. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter, depending on how old the cherries are. You'd be surprised that there are more than 500 varieties of sweet cherries out there and almost as many tart ones. But only a small percentage, around 20 or so, are used in commercial production. Some of the best commercial cherry cultivars include the Bing, Ulster, Rainier, Brooks, Tulare, King, Shalon, Lapin, and Skeena. Usually the cherry season starts in California, and it starts sometime in May and goes through June. Then it moves to Washington and Oregon. Washington season is usually June through July. Oregon sometimes goes from July through September or so. So once Washington cherries wrap up, and usually that happens around the beginning of August, uh, you may have some Oregon cherries available. And that's about it. Once you hit September, cherries are done for the season, at least domestic cherries. You have imported cherries. Uh, Chilean cherries are available November through February. They tend to be on the smaller side, and they don't really compare to domestic cherries. But if you really need cherries during the wintertime, you may find some imports at some local stores. Cherries have a short growing season. Cherries blossom in April in the Northern Hemisphere, and the peak season is in the summer. They're one of the first tree fruits to flower and ripen in mid-spring. A cherry tree will take three or four years once it's planted to produce its first crop and seven years to attain full maturity. Here's a few types of sweet cherries that you may have heard of. Rainiers. Rainiers are the yellow cherries that you see in your local grocery store. Uh, Rainier was developed in 1952 at Washington State University and named after Mount Rainier. It's a cross between a Bing and Van cultivars. Rainiers are considered a premium type cherry. They're sweet with a thin skin and thick, creamy yellow flesh. The cherries are very sensitive to temperature, wind, and rain. About a third of the Rainier cherry orchard's crop is eaten by birds. So maybe that's why they're a little bit more expensive than regular red cherries. Rainiers often have dark spots on their flesh. Those are sugar spots. And they usually mean that those cherries are very sweet. You may look at the blemish as an indicator of them being bad, but that's not true. A bad Rainier cherry will have splits in the skin, a soft spot that breaks the skin, or is moldy. The Bing cherry is probably the most recognizable variety of cherry. It's not necessarily the best, but it's the one that you've heard of. The Bing remains a major cultivar in Oregon, Washington, California, Wisconsin, and British Columbia. It is the most produced variety of sweet cherry in the United States. In 1847, a man named Henderson Llewelling traveled from Iowa to Western Oregon by ox cart. He brought with him a nursery stock, which became the first cherry trees planted in the Northwest. Seth Llewelling, Henderson's younger brother, was responsible for the creation of the most famous sweet cherry variety grown today, the Bing, as well as lesser-known Republican and Lincoln varieties. He was a strong supporter of President Lincoln. Seth named his cherries accordingly. 
The Bing Cherry is named after Seth Llewellyn's Manchurian orchard foreman and friend Bing. Bing was over seven feet tall. Bings are large, dark, and firm cherries that ship well, but will crack open if exposed to rain near harvest. Another variety is Lappin's. Lappin's is regarded as a very high-quality cherry. It turns deep red well before it's ready to pick, and unlike some varieties, it's sweet while still red. Lappin's is a late-season cherry, ripening about two weeks later than the Bing cherry. They are noted for having good split resistance. Another one is Sweetheart. These are large, bright red cherries and are prized for their heart-like shape and firm texture but mostly for distinctive, super sweet, mildly tart flavor. Well, how about sour cherries? Well, sour cherries are mainly used for cooking, so you don't really see many sour cherries for sale in grocery stores. So what are maraschino cherries? Well, the name maraschino originates from the Maraska cherry of Croatian origin and the maraschino liquor made from it in which marasca cherries were crushed and preserved after being pickled. Whole cherries preserved in this liqueur were also known as maraschino cherries. The cherries were first introduced into the United States in the late 19th century, where they were served in fine bars and restaurants. Because they were scarce and expensive, by the turn of the century, American producers were experimenting with other processes for preserving cherries, with flavors such as almond extract, and substitute fruit like Queen Anne cherries. Among these, alcohol was already becoming less common. In response, the USDA in 1912 defined maraschino cherries as marasca cherries preserved in maraschino under the authority of the Food and Drug Act of 1906. The artificially colored and sweetened Royal Anne variety were required to be called imitation maraschino cherries instead. During the Prohibition in the United States, as of 1920, the decreasingly popular alcoholic variety was illegal as well. Accordingly, most modern maraschino cherries have only a historical connection with maraschino liqueur. Oregon and Michigan provide light-colored Royal Anne cherries for the maraschino cherry process. In their modern form, the cherries are first preserved in a brine solution, usually containing sulfur dioxide and calcium chloride to bleach the fruit. Then soaked in a suspension of food coloring, sugar syrup, and other components. Since 1940, maraschino cherries have been defined as, quote, cherries which have been dyed red, impregnated with sugar, and packed in a sugar syrup flavored with oil of bitter almonds or a similar flavor, close quote. As of 2010, modern American maraschino cherries typically use FD&C red number 40 as a colorant. When it comes to sizing, cherries have the same pit size regardless of the size of the cherry. The larger the cherry, the more flesh on the fruit which demands a premium price. The industry measurement for cherries is determined by their row size. The smaller the row number, the larger the cherry. This is something you probably won't even know about, uh, the actual size number of the cherry. When you go to a grocery store, you'll probably see something like large cherries or jumbo cherries. There's no exact term for jumbo, large, medium. There's only row size, and that's usually not advertised. But just so you know, this method came about when cherry growers used to pack their top layer of a box in a neat row. 
Sizes can vary from about the largest, which is eight and a half size or larger row, to the smallest, which is 12 size row. For example, if 10 cherries fit in a row inside the box of cherries, they were called a 10 row box. Smaller sizes don't get packed for retailers and will wind up being processed for juice or other consumer goods, such as cherry pie filling. That's usually anything smaller than a 12 row. A 10 and a half row cherry is about an inch in diameter. Uh, the difference between half sizes is about a 16th of an inch up or down. So the difference between a nine row and a 12 row cherry is about a third of an inch. That doesn't sound like a lot, but side by side, the comparison is readily evident. When it comes to sweetness, all fruits are measured in bricks. Uh, that's not something you use to build your house. This is actually bricks, B-R-I-X. Uh, and it's actually degrees bricks. And it refers to a scale of measurement for soluble solids in a liquid. In the juices of fruits and vegetables, soluble solids are mostly sugars. And the bricks measurement approximates the sugar content of a sample. So 20 bricks usually means approximately 20% sugar. Bricks is useful, but it's not the be-all, end-all. Many people prefer fruits that are sweet, but balanced with the acid and sugar rather than just sweet. Like an overripe fruit can have high bricks, but it'll have diminished flavor and appeal. Most varieties can land a bricks between 15 and 22, with a Bing cherry being right in the middle range. When it comes to nutrition, raw sweet cherries are about 82% water, 16% carbs, 1% protein, and negligible in fat. As raw fruit, sweet cherries provide little nutrient content per 100 gram servings, as only dietary fiber and vitamin C are present in moderate content, while other vitamins and dietary minerals each supply less than 10% of the daily value per serving. Compared to sweet cherries, raw sour cherries contain 50% more vitamin C per 100 grams and about 20 times more vitamin A. One portion of cherries contains 97 calories, 25 grams of carbs, and 20 grams of sugar. A drawback is that a large percentage of its calories come from sugar. One of the benefits of cherries is their fiber content. With 3 grams of fiber, cherries provide 13% of the recommended daily amount. Fiber promotes digestion, prevents constipation, and aids weight loss. Cherries contain about 10.8 milligrams of vitamin C. The potassium level of cherries is 342 milligrams, or 10% of the daily recommended intake. Cherries are also high in phytosterols. These plant sterols are used to lower bad cholesterol levels and reduce the risk of heart disease. Research at the Linus Pauling Institute at Oregon State University also suggests that phytosterols could help lower the risk of cancer and improve urinary tract symptoms. Human feeding trials point out to the fact that cherries really do strengthen the immune system and help fight diseases like gout and arthritis. Here's some interesting tidbits that you might not know about cherries. Cherries have the shortest period between flower blossom and harvest of any tree fruit, only 60 to 75 days. So on average, how many cherries can be found in a pound of cherries? About 65. A typical cherry tree produces 7,000 cherries. That's about 107 pounds per tree. 
Many growers use a mechanical shaker, which grips the tree and rattles it hard enough to loosen the fruit, which falls into a giant tarp and then feeds it onto a conveyor belt, which is actually pretty cool. If you want, you can check out the mechanical shaker in action at our website. There's a video link to that. Thanks again for joining us on this cherries episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, if you have any questions or suggestions, you can always contact us. Our email address is theproduceguy at freshfoodpodcast.com. That's theproduceguy at freshfoodpodcast.com. Or you can visit our website at www.freshfoodpodcast.com, where you can also download previous episodes and subscribe to get notices about our upcoming episodes. And there you'll find links to our Twitter and Instagram pages, our Facebook page. You can subscribe there for upcoming episodes. We also have links there so you can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite provider, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whichever one you use, or you can download it directly from the site. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.